February 17th, 2023. We're in Masechet Beza on the Vavamud Bet. If you count from the top of the page down, it's 18 lines down, just three words before the end of the line. The Gemara begins with a Beraita. Tanura Banan, of course, means the rabbis taught in the Beraita. Efroach Shenolad Biyom Tov. There was a chick which was born on Yom Tov. So of course, we dealt with this issue at a greater length yesterday and the day before, but over here it's a beraita, and the beraita succinctly states, asur, it's forbidden to eat and to get any benefit from if there was a chick which was born on Yom Tov. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakob Omer, af bahol asur. So there's the novelty, and this opinion, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakob, we already referenced it, we already referred to it back on Dafdalid. His statement is, even if it's during the week, it's, it's forbidden. Statement is that you're not allowed to benefit from, you're not allowed to eat this efroach if its eyes have not yet opened. Which means to say, and the initial hatching of a chick, as much as Morris Ben has pointed out and made clear that nobody's eating chicks, apparently at some point, at least in theory, they were discussing eating chicks, even during the week, not only in theory on Shabbat and on Yom Tov. Statement of Bili ben Yaakov goes as follows. If the chick is hatched during the week, forget about Shabbat. Uh, don't consider Yom Tov for a moment or two. Uh, the halakha is that the chick is only permitted for consumption once its eyes open. Prior to its eyes opening, it's still considered, as we'll see in a moment, what's uh, called a sheretz. At the very least, midrabbanan, the rabbis envision this living organism as uh, not fully full-fledged, a normal living organism, but rather one of those forbidden, disgusting foods, at least according to Rabbi Le'ez ben Yaakov. What we did see on Dafdalid was that even according to the hachamim, who are clearly, implicitly disagreeing with Rabbi Le'ez ben Yaakov, who are stating, without their words, but our understanding the implication of it just being the words of Rabbi ben Yaakov, that even before the eyes open up, well, there's a per, it's permitted to eat from this chick, they nonetheless maintain that if you were to take the egg and to crack it open before it's ready to crack open on its own, you wouldn't be able to be eating from the chick, which means to say there's just levels with regards to what is the appropriate stage at which point this chick is uh, appropriate and permitted, al-pi based on the laws of kashrut, to eat from. Again, when it's in the uh, egg still, and you crack the shell open in order to eat it, that would be forbidden both according to the hachamim as well as according to Bilyaz ben Yaakov. Even after it's hatched, and the chick is now out of its egg, Bilyaz ben Yaakov says, wait the amount of time, this one I'll leave for your research, uh, Mars, how much time does it take for the eyes to open up, once the eyes open up, says Abiliyazim and Yaakov, permitted, even before that, the hachamim say, uh, permitted. Says the Gemara, all right, let's try to elaborate a little bit more and make things a little bit clearer. Keman azla had tanya. According to whose opinion does the following beraita go? In other words, it's teaching a law, which we're going to read in a moment, which will easily align with one of the two opinions we just read. Here's what the pasuk, here's what the beraita begins with. It cites a pasuk. It's a pasuk in the context of matters of, of things that you can't eat from. Pasuk says, Lechol hasheres hashores al haaretz lo tochelum ki so Pasuk describes a sheretz, a shoretz al ha'aretz. It has that word kol, any of. 
The truth is the Mishnah in Masechet Shabbat describes and tells us there are eight Sherazim. There are eight of these uh, uh, crawling uh, creatures which are included in this specific prohibition from the Torah. You can't consume it. But the Pasuk goes further. It doesn't just say any Sheretz. It says all Sherazim, kol. That word kol in the eyes of the rabbis oftentimes is lirabot. It's coming to include something that maybe wouldn't meet the eye. That wouldn't be the simple interpretation of crawling items or crawling beings. As a result, the statement this beraita is lirabot efrohim. It's coming to include even efrohim shelonit patehu enehem, whose eyes, the chick's eyes, have not yet opened. Now, it's true. Although it sounds like from this beraita, from the statement of Bili Ez ben Yaakov, that we're dealing with a prohibition from the Torah, the Gemara Masechet Hulin and Daf Samechtal, it makes clear this is only an Isum Rabbanan. This is a rabbinic prohibition for one reason or another. They felt it was disgusting to eat from this sort of chick before its eyes have opened up naturally. And as a result, they point to this pasuk. It's what's called an Asmachta. It's not per se that they interpret this is what the pasuk meant. Uh, so to speak, in the uh, Kavanata Torah, but it's the rabbinic prohibition. Anyway, that's the statement here in the Beraita. Says the Beraita that an Efroah Shelonit Patehu Einav, a chick whose eyes have not yet opened, is a sort to consume. You're not allowed to eat from it. Why not? It's considered Sheretz, at the very least, Midrabanan Keman, according to whose opinion? Man means me, like Man de Amar, Misha Amar, Kiribili Ben Yaakov, period. Uh, quite clear uh, to the point. This Beraita would be found in the opinion of Bili Ben Yaakov. That an Efroah Shilunit Patehu Enav, a chick whose eyes have not yet opened, even though it's not in the egg any longer, even though it's out in what we call Avirha Olam, it's nonetheless prohibited, it's nonetheless rabbinically Asur till it opens its eyes. As the Gemara says, all right, so we have that settled, and we really do. But the Gemara has uh, other issues to deal with. Amarav Huna Amarav Besa Im Yesiata Nigmera. Statement here of Rav Huna, in the name of Rav is a betza, an egg, im yesiata, with its exit, of course it means exit from the chicken, nigmera, it's completed. Now that's a very broad and all-encompassing statement. What's he referring to? I mean, it's, it's finished in its exit, with its exit. And with regards to what? We can, uh, we can imagine all sorts of laws. <coughs> ready to be eaten in what respect? In other words, we just said, just a moment ago, both according to Rabbi Le'ez ibn Yaakov and according to the Hachamim, that the chick wouldn't be ready to be eaten. It's that the egg's ready to be eaten. Would you have thought differently? That the egg itself is not permitted to be eaten once it's out of the, uh, once it's out of the chicken? And when it's in the chicken, in contrast, it sounds like it's not yet ready. Does that mean that if I were to slaughter the chicken and find an egg in there, I can't consume it? Is that the statement? I know. What's the statement here? That'll be the safek of the Gemara for the duration of today's class. At the very least, says the Gemara. My, what does it mean? Quote when Rav said these words. Im nigmera? Question mark. What do those words mean? A first interpretation. Perhaps you'll say. If you'll say. Im nigmera behalav. Maybe the statement goes as follows. When Rav was referring, again, uh, the imagery is the egg has now made its way out of the chicken. It's now finished. It's now finished in what respect? It has a new status. It was permitted had I slaughtered it beforehand and found that egg to eat. It's permitted now to eat. Again, there's no chick that we're dealing with in this moment. But the question would have been, is it permitted to eat together with milk? 
together with milk. What goes like this? And perhaps what Rav was implying is as follows. When and if a person were to slaughter the chicken, find an egg inside, that egg is a derivative of the chicken itself. Of course, a chicken is going to be considered, albeit midrabbanan, but it's going to be considered basar. There's any sorts this week's parasha among two other places. We're not allowed to cook, nor consume, nor benefit from what's called basar behalav, a mixture of milk and meat together. As a result, perhaps Rav's statement went as follows. If you found the egg when it was still inside of the chicken, of course, you extracted it. But now I want to use that egg and serve it together with, I don't know, cheese. I want to have a cheese omelet together with that egg. I want to use the egg and make some sort of delicacy with uh, milk. Uh, would that be permitted? Probably, so suggests the Gemara. Rav is telling you that wouldn't be permitted. His statement of that it's finished when it comes out is a way of saying it's now separate from the mother. It's now separate from its initial source. It's no longer considered flesh. It's no longer considered basar. But he doesn't talk about Efrawah. He talks about the egg. The second the egg comes out, regardless of what's in there, it's... It's fully permitted? Again, it's fully permitted. There is no chick yet. When it comes out, you need to fertilize in order for the chick to come about. So it's hard, it's far-fetched, I understand what you're suggesting. It would also be strange, in our understanding, that Rav, although he's the only Emorah about whom we say, Rav Tanahu Upalik, Rav, although he's from, from Gemara time period, he's the only one who the Gemara will, for one reason or another, grant the authority to disagree with Mishnayot. We do it really in as few circumstances as we can, so that he's going to go against Hachamim and Rabbi Le'ezim and Yaakov is going to be uh, far-fetched, and, and the wording just doesn't sound like that. So the Gemara suggests that that's his statement. His statement is whether it's now extracted and separate from the mother with regards to Basar Behalav, says the Gemara, it's a difficult sell. Because Rav, as much as we don't want him going against Hachamim over there, what's that? He's also saying it like a different way, no? Talk about the egg coming out, then. All right, I mean, it's not terrible. The, the read, aside from the external sources the Gemara would bring, isn't uh, per se so hard. It's finished with regards to having its own entity when it comes out. All right, that's just, all right, well, just wait, I have quite an imagination. Just make the statement. All right, I mean, again, it's, a, it's very clearly an ambiguous statement, which the Gemara is going to have to, uh, you know from Makot, where Rav has a, another ambiguous statement, the Gemara spends a full amud over there as well, in Dafhef, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with regards to what did Rav mean? I give a lot of credence to the words of Rav, I guess at times he had these ambiguous statements. Going back to tell you the other way that it's sure no good. That, that's correct. So clearly, clearly, just to state that in, in, a, in a very clear fashion, what Nathan says is the words, you need to read together with its implication, as the Gemara does. It means that when it's inside, in other words, before it's finished, it's not something. It's not what? You're not going to say it's not permitted to eat. It's an egg. Uh, so what are you going to say? So we're implying, says the Gemara, that when it's inside, and of course you took it out, it would be considered meat, and you couldn't have it with milk. Says the Gemara, it, it just doesn't work. I'll tell you why. Because we have a beraita which seems to contradict it. Vehatanya, don't we have a beraita which seemingly explicitly states otherwise? Hashohetet atarnegolet, a person who slaughters the chicken. Umasaba betzim gemurot. Okay, there it is. 
you found inside of the chicken. That's the case we're looking for. Full-fledged, finished betzim. Rashi, basing himself on the Gemara later on, points out, betzim gemurot doesn't per se mean fully complete. It's, in, it's internal. It means even prior to the fully complete stage, these uh, eggs would be permitted. How do we find a case where it's prior to? Rashi says, vafilu belokilipa levana. It doesn't even have the white yet. It only has what's called the hilmon. Hilmon is the yolk. Uh, furthermore, as bagidin, it might still be entangled with the inner uh, the, the stuff of the, uh, of the chicken in such a circumstance where it's not even moved out into its own area. Number two, it doesn't even have the white surrounding it. In such a circumstance, that's the statement, it's mutarot. Uh, 100%, but the point here, and Rashi's filling in from later on, is even if it's not ready, in other words, in our minds, we look at it, it's not ready to be born, it wasn't going to be born tomorrow, right? That's the statement over here. It's nonetheless permitted, that's why I was making that point, right? It's not an egg as you and I refer to it, but it's, you know, it's egg stuff is there. It doesn't have, it has the yolk, it doesn't have the white shelling around it in the same way. Mutarot le'ochlan behalav. Okay, I mean, uh, listen carefully. Not only is it when it's a complete day before Nathan egg on its way to come out, even if it's stages prior to that, as Rashi understands, from, again, from later on conversations, nonetheless, the explicit statement in this Biraita is, if you were to slaughter and find that, Fadal, go ahead and have it together with your cheese or milk or whatever. Oh, that's, that's a pretty strong statement. It means that Rav's statement, in turn, we imagine could not have implied otherwise. Again, although Rav could and did have the authority to disagree with Beraitot and Mishnayot, he's the, the Emora, the rabbi from the time of the Gemara, about whom we say, Rav Tanahu Upalig. The general principle is we do it only when we need to. We don't have a way of interpreting his words otherwise. So we say he disagreed. We wouldn't do that in a standard case, and the Gemara will not do that over here. Keep in mind, his words are ambiguous enough to lend to different interpretations. As a result, the Gemara says, okay, so he meant something else. If you found the egg inside the chicken, you can cook it, eat it, enjoy it together with milk. Ela, rather, the statement of Rav uh, was a little bit perhaps closer to home. Uh, perhaps the circumstance that Rav was referring to was in the context of Yom Tov. If the egg was born the day before Yom Tov, the way Rashi interprets this Gemara, in that case, this egg is fully and completely permitted for consumption. No reason not to. However, if on Yom Tov you slaughtered the chicken, found an egg inside of it, in that circumstance, Rav is telling you it's not complete yet, it's not permitted. Again, what's that? You would have imagined, as Charlie says, it's a part of the chicken. What's the reason not to? Says Rav, it's not yet permitted to eat if you found it inside on Yom Tov. What would be the reason that it's not permitted? Hard to argue that it's mukseh because we have the Charlie argument. You say it's not mukseh, it was part of the animal, and the animal was omedet la'achilaf, you're slaughtering it, we're imagining that was your mindset to begin with. Hard to argue those rabbinic prohibitions that we had 
וגזירה משום משכין שזבו, וגזירה משום פירות שנשרו, the fruits which fell off the tree that it's similar to, the oozing the juices which it's similar to, hard to make that argument over here. Instead, says Rashi, it's because of ha'chana de Rabbah. Remember ha'chana de Rabbah, the idea, and what Nathan was referring to a moment or two ago, the idea that Maybe from the Torah, there's a necessity, Rabbah told us, that the item be prepared on a weekday, complete, prior to Shabbat or Yom Tov. And therefore, in this circumstance, I found it inside the animal which I had intention to eat from. However, it is found inside there, and I want to now enjoy it. The statement of Rav is, it's prohibited. Why is it prohibited? Hachana de Rabbah, yes. Umuteret le'ochla, oh, Rav, we're injecting those words into Rav. The way we, you know, Jesse said earlier, he didn't say anything about halav. Now you're going to say he didn't say about Yom Tov. He didn't, listen, the final. But it's so It's clear that he's taught, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. If you walked out of here and quoted or, or played some sort of statement from the class that I made, a person could say, oh, I can't believe he said that. He said it's permitted to X or he said it's forbidden to Without context, uh, the words commit. So the statement of Rav, it may have been said in a class about Yom Tov. We're just quoting his words. We don't know. It's possible he was talking about Yom Tov. Listen. The, the next answer of the Gemara, you'll, you, both you and Jesse will be very happy with because it'll be a general statement, nothing to do with Basab Halab, nothing to do with Yom Tov, having everything to do with purchasing and normal, normal uh, circumstance, how you define it. But okay, the Gemara's suggestion is, listen, we don't know the context, we don't know exactly how he said it, it's ambiguous. It must be that that's what he meant to say, if it's if it's found inside the, uh, the intestines of the, uh, of the mother, it's Asura Le'ochlab Yom Tov. Says the Gemara on this as well, we have a bit which will contradict. Again, what we're looking for is a beraita then to contradict the Rav's statement that if a person were to slaughter the chicken on Yom Tov and find an egg, that it's permitted. Because Rav's statement at this point we believe is that it's forbidden. Vehatanya, don't we have a beraita which states, a person slaughters uh, the chicken and finds in it complete, ready to consume uh, eggs. Mutarot leochlan biyom tov. It's permitted to eat on yom tov. There it is, open and shut. So Rav, as much as I'll say it one last time, you're permitted to disagree with Beraitot and Mishnayot. We're not interested in that happening. You're generally speaking allegiant to them. The fact that your statement, and we don't know what it meant, is contradicted again by a Beraita makes us say, maybe we need to be a little more imaginative. Maybe you meant something else. No, maybe not. Maybe that Beraita is what we call a Beraita Mishubeshet. We've talked once or twice about this. We talked about it on Dafbet. And maybe this Beraita was a Beraita which was never edited properly. Maybe something was wrong in this Beraita. So don't ask a question on Rav. If it's in the Mishnah, all right, that's, that's, that was edited and fully, fully put together. Beraita are not always so. Beraita were left out of the Mishnah. Uh, sometimes they're fragments of sorts, and you don't have it fully worked out. And the Gemara, from time to time, will say, oh, it's Mishabashta, we've seen those. Says the Gemara, maybe you'll claim that this Beraita is really teaching us something we didn't have in the Mishnah. As Rashi explains it, it's, it's a rhetorical statement. It can't be. 
And Rashi even quotes from the Gemara Masechet Eruvin, which has an expression like this, Im Rabbi Loshanar Minale, which means to say Rabbi is Rabbi Udahanasi. He's the person we attribute with editing and putting together the Mishnayot. His student, one of his students' name was Rabbi Hiya. Rabbi Hiya is who's attributed with much of the corpus known as Beraitot, at least the ones we quote in our Gemara. As a result, the statement in Masechet Eruvin, and Rashi's quoting it over here, goes like this. You think that the Mishnah never mentioned this, but the Beraita had this? The student came up with a novelty which he never kind of passed by his rabbi, and his rabbi didn't record in any way, shape, or fashion? It's hard to believe. So the Gemara now is defending Rav, right? Again, Rav's statement potentially is that if a person were to slaughter the chicken and find an egg on Yom Tov, it's forbidden to eat from. We have a Beraita which says it's not, oh, no, no, one second, but the Beraita is teaching something that you didn't have in the Mishnah. Maybe the fact that the Mishnah never mentioned this is the way of the Mishnah telling us it's forbidden. Of course it's not permitted. Says Gemara, no, we even have a Mishnah, our Mishnah. Ha-Nameh you can be medayek, if you read our Mishnah carefully, you can understand that it negates this claim. Which claim? The claim that if the egg was found internally after the slaughtering, that you're allowed to eat from it. Uh, excuse me, that you're not allowed to eat from it. Hanametanina, betza shenoda biyom tov. First words in our Masechet. If an egg is born on Yom Tov, The statement in our Mishnah is, if the egg is born, on Yom Tov. Bet Shammai, permitted. Bet Hillel, not permitted. Atkan lapelige Bet Shammai, Bet Hillel, el ben Nolda. Our Mishnah is talking specifically when the egg came out. Aval b'mei iman, divrei hakol sharyan. The assumption is that when it's internal, everybody would agree, even Bet Hillel, that it's permitted. The issue specifically is when it's disconnected, back to Charlie's claim from earlier. When it's inside, I'll look at it as a part of the mother. I'm not going to talk about hachana, I'm not going to talk about muksin, I'm not going to talk about all those sorts of matters. Again, so the statement then, the the Mishnah is negating Rav. If you're telling me, we, have, we started the class for all intents and purposes with Rav's statement, that the halakha is, say it again? His statement is there's an isur, that's right. The isur is when the egg is inside the mother. What isur? Uh, so maybe the statement was it's as it's inside the mother again by implication. Basar uh, be'halaf can't be, but I tell which tells us explicitly it's not, so take it out and enjoy it with milk. Oh, so maybe it means instead that if you were to slaughter the animal which you're allowed to do on Yom Tov with the intention of eating from that animal and you found the egg inside of it, that the egg is prohibited. We think the Mishnah goes against this. Maybe the Mishnah which was talking about when the egg is already born is not to say that Betilel would not permit when the egg was inside the chicken as well. It's to tell you how strong Bet Shammai are in their prohibition. Bet Shammai tell you, excuse me, in their, in their permissibility. Bet Shammai tell you not only is the egg permitted inside the mother, but even when it comes outside of the mother, maybe that's what the Mishnah, so the Mishnah didn't talk about that for early stage. It wanted to tell you how strong Bet Shammai were in the words we saw earlier in the Gemara. The Mishnah is exemplifying or highlighting the opinion of Bet Shammai by talking even after birth it's permitted, which means to say, you might have then found that this Beraita accords with the opinion of Bet Shammai, Says the Gemara, and it's concluding 
knockout on this attempted explanation of Rav, we have yet another Biraita. And this Biraita, black on white, says the following words. If a person were to slaughter the chicken, and he finds inside of it, or she finds whatever inside of it, betim gemurot, full-fledged eggs on Yom Tov. What's the halakha? It's permitted to consume them. Let's pause for a second. If this was the opinion of Bet Shammai, and Bet Shammai permitted, uh, in, uh, well, Bet Shammai in our Mishnah told us that it's permitted even when the egg is born. You wouldn't teach in the Beraita. Well, if you found it inside of the chicken, it's permitted. Well, you're missing half the story. The major part of the story is even when it comes out, it's permitted. Can't be Bet Shammai. No, maybe it's Bet Hillel. It can't be Bet Hillel either. Bet Hillel prohibit even when it comes out. So certainly when it's inside as well, says the Gemara, then uh, we don't really have a clear statement. We don't have a clear claim on whose opinion this might, uh, this might be uh, following, uh, because uh, again, the statement over here is against our proposed explanation of Rav. So we return then to the statement of Rav, and I'll quote you the words again, and we'll have to then turn back and, and think clearly about what he may have meant. Rav's statement goes like this. A betza, an egg of a chicken, is finished when it comes out. The understanding is before it's out, it's not finished. What's the definition in terms of halakha, finished or not finished? We attempted an explanation. Finished means it's now not basar. No good. We, we, we know even before it's out, it's permitted with halav. Maybe uh, the explanation is with regards to Yom Tov. In addition to Jesse and Jeffrey's questions, it's not explicit in his words. Okay, nonetheless, we also have proofs against that. We have a Biraita, we have potentially our Mishnah, which teach us that when it's inside and slaughtered, it's permitted. Our understanding is it's going to be permitted according to all opinions. Ela, rather, im yitziata nigmera umegadelet efrochim. Rav was talking, so to speak, Mars, you'd love this, so to speak in the uh, biological sense. He was teaching lessons about how chickens work. He explained to his students, again, it's going to have halachic ramifications, but really he was talking about how eggs of chickens work. So he turned to his students and he taught them, instructed them the following. Gentlemen, here's how it works. If there's an egg inside of a, a, a chicken and you take it out before, the chick, before it's birthed naturally, it will not bring forth a chick. That's the reality, he was telling them. Again, I take it, I slaughtered it, and I got it, and it looks like a regular, um, maybe it was gonna come out a day later, maybe it was gonna come out an hour later, but you took it out before it was born, naturally from the mother, and then you place it underneath the mother, or any other incubating circumstance and situation, it will not be megadelet efrochim. The only way a chick will be born from this egg is if the egg is born. That was the statement of Rav. Says the Gemara, was Rav a scientist, a biologist, a, a farmer? I mean, what was he doing? I mean, even if the answer to all, even if the answer to all those is yes, it's still weird. He's just teaching me misiut. He must be teaching me to me for some halachic reason. Says the Gemara again. When it's still inside, it won't bring forth chicks. Question mark. For what from it? What comes out of this? It's another way of saying. What are the halachic ramifications? What's the implication in terms of Talmud? In terms of our lives? That's fantastic. I like. 
like knowing about nature. It's going to grow my consciousness of God and universe. All that sort of stuff. But Rav is a halachist. Rav is teaching me halacha. Answers the Gemara, lemekah umemkar. Mekah umemkar means in commerce. It means if I sell to you chickens, and the Gemara will give a few examples, two stories that took place. I sell you chickens, and your understanding is that these chickens were born naturally. I can't, I can't give you um, unnaturally born eggs, meaning ones that I slaughtered and took out, and then assume that the money you gave me stays in my hands. For, you know, in other words, the following situation, you come to me and say, I'm interested in buying, and you stated explicitly, eggs that, I, I want chicks. Do you have eggs that can give me chicks? I say, sure, please, Faddal, here I have a whole uh, department, a whole compartment. Come, let me move away the chickens. Here's a few of them, whatever. You take them home and no chicks come out. You come back and say, what happened? So I'm sorry, sir, the money is in my bank account. I can't give it back to you. Well, what do you mean? How did these eggs come about? I said, well, I slaughtered the chicken and I brought it. No, 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 that's not a fair deal. I asked you for eggs that would bring forth chicks. I gave you money for that. I, come on, a chick, an egg is an egg is an egg. What are you talking about? You were probably going to eat it. No, I wanted to have chicks with it. Does the deal get reversed in such a circumstance? Again, it was explicitly stated the purpose of these eggs, and I give you different types of eggs. That's what Rav's statement then is. He's talking about implications in the commercial field, in business, in mekah memkar. Says the Gemara, I'll tell you two stories that happened. That's correct. That's beautiful. Jeffrey doesn't want it to have it. Rav's statement are im yitziatar. I said, when we get to this answer, he's going to be very happy. The truth is, two other answers, he'll be happy, as will Jesse as well. In other words, in terms of Rav's general statement. The difficulty, always, when the Gemara gives mekah memkar answers, is this is the answer the Gemara falls to when it doesn't have another answer. And I said, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm being very honest. That's, you always, we used to have, we used to, in yeshiva, we used to joke about this. You know, someone would say, did you see his new shoes? Oh, yeah. I mean, who cares if I know that? It's always, it's like, ah, what are we going to do over here? That's, we don't have, okay, again, it's not like Rav's statement isn't significant, but it's hard for us to believe. I don't know, it's not, that's what we're suggesting, that it really, that was the statement. Yeah, that was the same. It says the Gemara Kiyahu. For example, what happened was there was a person, the Amar Lehu. He said to people, I guess in the marketplace, I guess in, uh, I don't know, where he met them, Be'ed Pahya Leman. Does anyone have Be'ed? Be'ed means eggs. Pahya. Rashi says Pahya, the Het and the Ayin, both being guttural, interchange. And he says it's like Pa'ya. Pa'ya. We have uh, something similar to that in Parashat Shemot, Shifra and Pu'ah, uh, that, that cooing sound, that sound of, is, is, is often, says Rashi, it's the sound of, of birth. Uh, when an uh, animal gives birth, it coos or it makes some sort of sound. Anyway, it's the way you refer to uh, uh, bir- um, eggs which were birthed. So that's what it means. Be'ed pahya, the word pahya is a reference to birthed and goes based on the noise or whatever they would do when they give birth. Anyway, that's what he says. Liman, who has them? I'm walking around saying, does anyone have eggs that were born to a chicken? I say those words explicitly. Yahavule, someone gave to him and he pays for it. Be'ed eggs which were from a slaughtered chicken. This individual says, I got ripped off. He comes to the Beit Din of Rabbi Amen. He says, Amar lehu, says Rabbi Amen. This was a faulty transaction and the money needs to go back. Give back the eggs, give back the money, it's not fair. 
says Gemara Peshita, this case, the circumstance is pretty simple. The guy said explicitly, he made very clear, I'm looking for chick, um, uh, eggs that were born, natural eggs. You gave him otherwise. Maybe what you would have thought had we not told you this story, had Rav not explicitly told you his halakha, a person who makes such a statement and says, listen, I'm looking for eggs that were naturally born. He really, he didn't say, because I want chicks. He said, I want naturally born, and unless he says he wants them because of chicks, it's not a sufficient statement, because he really might want to eat from them. And the reason he said, I want natural ones, is because they're generally more complete, they're more wholesome. Sarif, you have in the Gemara many places, Surba Merabbanan, Rashid Masechit Anit and Dafdal, it says, Surba, he references our Gemara, means something that's harif. Something that's uh, that's spicy, something that's complete and full. Surbam Rabbanan is how we refer to a Talmud Hakam. He says he's complete, his mind is brimming with ideas and so forth. So maybe that's, in other words, maybe the reason the person was walking around saying, I'm looking for natural eggs. They wanted the good eggs. I mean, in today's day and age, huh? you want organic because it's more healthy. You didn't want organic because you were going to bring forth chicks. Who thought you were going to? You didn't say those words. That's what Rabbi Ahmed said. No, if a person is looking for natural eggs, we need to assume it's because they want chicks. Says the Gemara, Lemai Nafkamina. What's the difference in this circumstance? Uh, if a person were to want the better eggs, and, uh, and you gave them the lower quality eggs. Again, we have three options. Uh, the person either doesn't care about the eggs. Uh, that's not the case. He cares about the eggs, but we're not certain. Does he care about the eggs because he wants chicks? Then the deal is over. And he gets, if, if he wanted it just because it's higher level quality, what you'd be able to do to him is, In other words, I gave you not natural uh, eggs, and you were looking for natural eggs. You wanted organic eggs because you thought they were t- better tasting. I gave you non-organic. I'm making it's not really organic what we're talking about over here. So maybe all I need to do is pay the difference. You say, I got lower quality, I'll give you the difference. However, since the intention of the individual was he didn't want to eat them at all, the deal is null and void, and he gets his money back completely. Kamash ma'lan. Lastly, says the Gemara, Ha'huda amar lehu There was a person who was saying, does anyone have eggs which were born in the fashion that it was a regular reproduction between the uh, male and female egg? Meaning, instead of, apparently, and this one, Mars is going to fill us in information from an article or two, instead of a uh, egg just getting its heat naturally from the ground, which is another way of bringing forth eggs. It wants uh, what you want is an egg which reproduced in the fashion that it came in contact with a male, a male and female together. What's the difference? Apparently, and again, Mars will corroborate or not. Apparently, the difference is if it's a regular reproduction, those eggs will then become chicks. Otherwise, if it's just from the ground, the heat of the ground, that the chicken sits on the ground and it brings eggs, those are beautiful eggs, delicious, but they won't bring chicks. So here's the person walking around saying, I want eggs that came from a male, effectively saying either I want them because they taste better, they are something better, or alternatively, I want them for chicks. And what happens? What people gave them instead are not from the male reproduction, but rather a chicken which was on the ground and uh, had uh, eggs come about. He too came in front of It was a faulty transaction. It needs to go back. So of course, that's simple. He was looking for chicks. Were, uh, I mean, in other words, um, eggs which came from a male. Maybe as well over here. The only reason he was talking about it coming from a male is not because he wants chicks. It's because they're fatter. Because they taste better. 
And that's why he said a male one. And as a result, what you would need to do is just pay the difference. Uh, I gave you the lower quality? Okay, let me pay the difference. No, says Rabbi Amin. Him stating that he's looking for eggs which came from a male, he's effectively stating as well, I want chicks from it. You gave him eggs that can't bring forth chicks.